Warning, the episode you are about to listen to most likely contains graphic language, details of violence and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? Hello there, guys. Welcome to episode 15 of Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast, where you guessed it, I talk murder with my mother. What's up, mama? Ah, not too much. I'm glad to be back. I know, that was a long time off. Sorry, you guys, for the suspense and the sprung upon announcement of the studio move. We had some uh, stuff to do and had to move the studio, and here we are, back in a new and improved studio. Woohoo! Murder with my mother. Got a new studio, so that's awesome. I think the soundproofing is a lot better in this yeah. great studio. <laughs> it's very, it's a major upgrade, so. Yeah. <laughs> but we hope you guys are enjoying, well, I know not a lot of adults are on spring break because we just adult world we have to work and all that fun stuff but hope that the kids are having i hope no kids listen to this actually <laughs> but hope your kids are having a good spring break and that you guys aren't crazy yet and that and a good thing we came out with a new episode for you guys to tune your kids out with there you, you go headphones on noise canceling headphones and ditch your fucking kids yeah just like my kid ditches me when he plays fortnite i have to go upstairs like answer me but then i look he's like what you didn't even know because he has his noise canceling headphones so opposite day if you want to wear them and then not answer one thing that your kid asks you mom 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 <laughs> mom 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 so we hope you guys are hanging in there still in you know what are we the, a year into the pandemic the 17th now? year of the pandemic <laughs> yeah. 20 35 like no i'm just kidding oh, i hope you guys not. really think it will be no like that? Like, i hope not sorry anyway well, well our episode today as we promised is a, this case as i have said before i've narked myself out this the person that perpetrated this murder is very psychologically interesting to to look at like to kind of put under the microscope because even as much as i thought i knew you know from the documentaries and the digging that i've just done by being interested in this case previously it's like i thought i knew but this guy is a i don't know if you ever know with this guy he's definitely a whole nother bag of tricks oh yes be weirdo so because here on murder with my mother we do kind of like to gear it more towards obviously you know the victims and bringing them to the forefront and because that's what happens too much and especially the criminal justice system in Canada is that's what it is right it's criminal justice and that's like they they focus mostly on the person that committed the crime let alone the person that's the the victim right so this is the murder of June Lin which was committed by no other than the infamous now Luca Magnata Luca Rocco Magnata. Yes, Luca Rocco Magnata. So tune your kid out with this episode because this is a really, this one takes you places where you're like, what, what? Like just so much, so much mystery about this case. It's just, I hope you got some nails to bite because you're going to want to bite them. Or refrain from that because, you know, pandemic thing. (laughs) Someone's style. But anyway, so we, without further ado, are going to get right into this episode. So, like always, we hope you guys enjoy listening. You will. (laughs) Just don't give them a choice. Force it upon them. 
On the 15th of May in 2012, there was some dark buzz about a video that was soon to be released on the dark web. The video itself was not released until the 25th of May, and on that day, an unthinkable 11-minute video was released on the dark website bestscore.com. This video was titled One Lunatic, One Ice Pick. The video started with a naked man that was tied to a bed frame. He was being repeatedly stabbed with an ice pick and a kitchen knife. Crazy. So if that's not horrific enough, the attacker then starts to dismember parts of the body and even goes as far as starting to perform acts of not only necrophilia, which for our listeners that don't know what necrophilia is, it's when you commit sex acts on a corpse. So that's fucking gross. And he also invited a puppy into the room and with a fork and knife, he actually cut off chunks of this body that he just finished murdering on camera and began to let the dog eat it and have some pieces for himself also. I'm pretty sure he fed the penis to the dog. Yes. All the while, while this is happening, to paint a picture, the new Order song, True Faith, which is like the most 80s song I can think <laughs> of next to like anything George Michael. Yeah, it brings back some memories for sure. Was playing in the background the whole time that he's doing these hor- like horrible things. And blasted. Which is, which is so weird because this was 2012. It's just a weird, yeah. And there was also in the background, very visible, a big poster for the movie Casablanca, which is like a... 60s. romance drama from yeah the 60s or no the 40s oh the 40s yeah on may 29 2012 the unsuspecting conservative party of canada which is one of our political parties here in canada received a stained package that had a strange foul smell there was a red heart on the package and stains all over it which is disgusting why would you even i would have been like yeah no take that package back but once it was open, she probably, the person she, I assume, it was, it was woman, the, yeah. It was the secretary to Stephen Harper, who's our prime minister at the time. So as soon as she opened it, she probably wished she didn't because she found a dismembered left foot. Yikes. So obviously this shocked everybody. So the Postal Service, Canada Post, which is our Canadian Postal Service, was put on high alert and basically said, like, if you guys find any other packages like this... With red hearts and stinky odors. And stained blood stains all over yeah, the package. There, there was blood stains coming out, like, soaked right through to the bottom of the package. Well, think about it, because, uh, like, there's clotting that happens, but there's, like, it's probably being... Imagine it's in the mail. Like... No, like, jostled. Yeah, or... exactly. Like, I'm sure he didn't put, like, a fragile sticker... Or what you know, no, like just a heart. Take this, yeah, take this with care. <laughs> On May twenty fifth, the same day that the video was released online, a janitor at an apartment building on Decarie Boulevard in the Snowden area of Montreal saw an overflowing garbage, which I don't think was very out of the ordinary. I think from what I heard, it was pretty regular. Yeah, but beside that, beside the garbage can, he noticed that there was a suitcase. Which, again, people throw suitcases away. Most of the time, again, I always think that there's a body in there, so... And often, there's There is. is. Well, in this case, the janitor, because a couple days later, he actually saw that the suitcase was still there and the garbage had been taken, so he walked up to it, kind of, obviously, to go check it out. It was four days. Four days later, and... Upon further inspection, the janitor, in horror, realized what was inside the suitcase, and he called the authorities. You want to know? You're looking at me like, tell the best. 
So upon further inspection, like I said, of the police, they opened it up and it was a dismembered torso of a human being and it looked like it had been stabbed. Can you imagine? No, and we discuss that in every episode. It's almost like every episode we've done, it's like a horrible oh discovery, gosh. right? Well, I guess it always is a horrible discovery since we're talking about murder. Of course, and being the janitor of an apartment building, you probably come across stuff all the time that's like, ah, well, you know, stuff. gross. Oh, yeah. or, but that, I think that probably takes the cake. Yeah, well, let's hope that took the cake. Well, yeah. So after searching the scene, police recovered human remains, bloody clothes, and papers that identified who they now thought was the suspect. So there was sharp and blunt objects from the back alley behind the apartment building. They checked the footage from the surveillance cameras inside the building, and it showed a suspect bringing all these garbage bags outside. So the same garbage bags that they were now analyzing, they saw on the video that this person had brought all of them outside. And he had done it in quite a manic way. Like, he, it was at nighttime, and he was like looking around and going in and out, in and out, in and out to the garbage over and over. And if you see the video, he's wearing like a wig, like a... A wig and it yeah. looks like it's crooked part way yeah. through. Like he's very disheveled. Well, people... And... and I feel like when you're trying to be inconspicuous, some people are so bad at that that they make themselves look more suspicious. Like the wig, you probably didn't need the wig. You probably didn't, you know, like... I'm pretty sure that this person wore weird stuff and a wig like that um quite often he's like a just a very weird guy yeah so the same weird wig wearer that was in the video of him disposing or the person disposing of all these bags was also the same person that was seen in footage entering a building with another man the night before he was seen putting all that garbage away so he entered with another man. and Up to Unit 208? Yes, to Unit 208. And he was also the same person seen in the surveillance videos at a post office in... Okay, my French. Part of my French. Oh, you know you should always let me read Oh, yes. Okay, hold on one sec. <laughs> We're going to get the expert. So in a post office oh, in... Oh, in Cote de Neige. There we go. Perfect. And Cote, I don't know what that means. Cote. But Neige, Neige is snow, is right? Snow, yeah. Hey. Maybe it's the Cote of What's snow. What's up, Miss Jacoby? Grade 8. <laughs> I never went to that fucking class and she hated my guts imagination. My French teacher hated me also. So huh, well. That's probably why we're so good at French. <laughs> so what happened was, obviously, the police, it didn't take long. They put two and two together and okay the guy that's seen there entering that apartment let's check it you know they thought that the person who lived there had had been killed because you know all his well someone had been killed but the weird guy in the wig was there in the first video and then he was also there creeping around all yeah the night disposing stuff so exactly they just had to figure out the puzzle of who lived there and what he looked like because the other man that was seen going into the apartment was of Asian descent. Yeah, and they had no idea of what descent the victim was at this time because there was only a torso found and feet and hands. And the police, knowing it was Unit 208, they knew who was renting it. And it was a tenant that actually moved in four months previously. And the rent was paid up until the end of the end of May, until June. So... The name of this person was Luca Rocco Magnata. Quite the name. Quite the name. Like, it's almost like he made it up himself or something. <laughs> almost. 
So the apartment had mostly, it was pretty much empty. So it was almost like either he saw this coming or maybe he never really had a whole lot of furniture in there in the first place. So weird. Because I know I just moved and I had a lot of stuff. So you don't say. Yeah, you didn't help me or anything. (laughs) So when they went through the apartment, there was blood found on different items like the mattress, the fridge, the bathtub, the table. And they also found inside of one of the closets written in red ink, which I'm assuming just based on a movie bias, probably <laughs> lipstick, right? Or, you yeah. know, or, and it said, if you don't like the reflection, don't look in the mirror. I don't care. Yeah. It was like a lot of... A lot of <laughs> weird shit. That's a kind lot of, of weird shit. That's dramatic, you know? Yeah. Very, very dramatic. And a lot of different things at play, like all, like things are being sent to politicians. Oh, that's just weird. And yeah. So on May 30th, 2012, it was confirmed that all those body parts like we're discussing being sent here or there everywhere and found in the suitcase. So all of those pieces of this body were all sent for identification and they all came back to the same individual. And the bodies were not only sent to the Liberal Party, but they were sent to the, there was a package sent to the Conservative Party and then also two packages sent to schools uh, in, of all places, St. George School and another package containing a right hand to False Creek Elementary School. And the weird thing about this was that those schools were in Vancouver. Yeah. So, so they were like, what's sent your beef? from Montreal. Well, and that's that's the thing, because is there a tie? You know, like, was there is there something that happened there? Is there obviously that? Or what is it random? Because this guy's a this guy, you will see. He likes to get a rise out of people. He likes reactions. He likes infamy. He likes he likes all that stuff. It's so, really weird though, like how I'm really proud and I wanna really say kudos to all of the police for working together and actually identifying that it was from the same yeah. body. Because you know in our previous episodes Well yeah, sometimes things are missed and they had linked all these other body parts, but again, they didn't really they didn't have the head right they didn't have the head yet but mysteriously on june 13th which you guys know how we feel about anonymous tips on murder with my mother but an anonymous tip was called in and on july 1st his head was recovered at the edge of a small lake in montreal's angrignan park anonymously anonymously yeah because no way that the mysterious wig wearing person would want even the video like we said like the 80s and the Casablanca poster and all the we the weird ass shit that's going on in this episode well and even the fact that you posted a video of you killing someone and mutilating and I mean that is very 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 attention seeking behavior yeah okay that's probably like the number one yeah that was the weirdest thing that he did obviously On June 13th, 2012, the four limbs and the torso were matched to DNA of a missing student, an international student that was here from, he's from Wuhan, China, and he was doing his undergraduate in the engineering and computer science faculty at Concordia University in Montreal, Quebec. So he had been here for like, what, a year? Just under a year. So... Jun Lin was also known as Justin Lin. That was his name that he chose for himself. For himself. Yeah. So he was born on December 30th, 1978. And before attending Concordia University, he was previously attended Tyark College and he had worked 
part-time at a convenience store um, as the clerk in Point St. Charles, which I could probably say that a little more French, so just picture... Point St. Charles. <laughs> okay. Expert over here. <laughs> Um, but he actually just moved into a different apartment in the Griffintown area. And okay, I don't know if that one needs a French. Maybe it's in Montreal. It has an accent de okay. okay, it doesn't really. Matter. No, that's <laughs> why so I was like, wait, does it? No. Um, but yeah, he so he just moved in with a roommate on May first. So he was last seen on May twenty fourth, and his friends reported getting a message from him from his phone at nine p.m boss became suspicious when he did not show up for a shift the next day because he was a really good employee and really accountable and was always there. But yeah, that's out of character. Like we always go over when someone that shows up for work, like I know some people that if they went missing, no one would notice. They'd be like, oh, fuck, they're late again. But I know some other people on the flip side where like this, like Jun Lin, it's like if they didn't show up for work, it's instant worry, instant panic, instant, like, something's wrong, or they wouldn't just show up for no reason, or not show up for no reason, so. And three of his friends went into his apartment on May 27th, and he wasn't there, looked like he hadn't been there, and so they reported him missing to police on May 29th. And I know that one of his friends actually was alerted that there was a video surfacing of a, a man that looked to be of Asian descent being killed and dismembered and yes graphically killed on film and so his friend actually watched the video and there's one part in the video not to get too graphic for you guys that the head is actually floating in the bathtub and that's when his friend realized it was him because he saw his dismembered head floating in the bathtub oh like imagine how fucking goodness. traumatic that would be oh yeah, that would be very traumatic. Once the police were investigating and they figured out the identity of the deceased, Jun Lin, they retraced his internet activity and they found out that he had met Luca Magnata on the website Craigslist. Ugh, there's always a bunch of winners on Craigslist. Yeah, so they had messaged back and forth for a hookup and they had just met each other right before they went into the apartment. Seemingly getting along famously when they entered the door on the video. Well, yeah, that's the video. That's who is seen with him, obviously. So now yeah. it's known to authorities who this is. They're able to put a face to who it was and now have ruled that obviously the other person in the video who was seen doing all these deliveries and throwing away all this evidence is clearly now the murderer so and Luca. they also had takeout nice so yeah. so like it looked like they were just going for a nice and poor guy like imagine you're going he didn't even get to hook up uh he didn't well probably not it looks like he's getting to you you know like I, honestly i'm thinking that because he was look he, he didn't fight he didn't anything i think that this guy's such a pussy that he drugged him and then i think i don't know like i think i mean we don't know but i think that but they you don't were see him struggle hooking up when it started well yeah for sure they pro of course that's probably what the intention was yeah. for one party i think the other one i don't think that was i think this was very premeditatedly oh, only yeah, for I mean, like you had your music i want to kill up. you well and yeah and a, i mean your camera staged that's what i mean but he probably ready? thought yeah yeah that's what i mean but i think that june lynn probably thought like damn this guy's freaky but like had no you know, because obviously oh. he went there for a hookup. Yeah, and he wouldn't have gone there if he knew he was going to get his head No, but the thing, obviously. <laughs> but the thing is, I have a feeling that 
he because if you watch the video which don't watch it obviously everyone psa don't watch it or do i mean don't but if you're curious it is it is hard to find and it should be hard to find because it's horrible it's like like i i actually watched it back when it came out like briefly but i i couldn't like i was like oh no because my roommate was watching it and she said like she was watching it just like oh my god check this out do you think that's real and nobody really thought it was real because it's so so fucked up well, even when I heard about it, and I actually did watch it, it, yeah, we didn't know for sure if it was real. Like, it, it didn't even look, I mean, it looked real. Yeah, but, but it's, you, like, so fucked up. You're not used real? to seeing something like that happen, so... You, not in real time. No. Like, not on, you know, like, there's, like, no. obviously there's, like, snuff movies and stuff like that, but it's, Which like... Which I've never seen anything else like No, that. no. And, but my point of that, that's what I was saying, is my point is he doesn't fight, he doesn't appear to be fighting back so as my theory is that he must have slipped him something to sedate him yeah probably because think about it if you're he clearly this person just did this for infamy right to upload it for views and well and he was obviously a sick fuck that exactly but i'm saying obviously he wanted it to go as smooth as possible so it went according to plan so that's what makes me think that he really did sedate him so I hope that that's the case because poor Junlin, you know, like, I hope you were sedated, Junlin. Me too, Junlin. So, Luca Rocco Mignotta was actually born as Eric Clinton Kirk Newman. <laughs> that's... Which is like a complete fucking opposite of what you chose your name to be. That's why, like, wow. Luca Mignotta is like such Luca a... Luca Rocco Mignotta, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Like... It sounds like something one of the Dotuses would change their name to. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. So, he was born to his mother, Anna Yorkin. So if you've seen Don't Fuck With Cats, you know how crazy that bitch is. And She's still it, defending him to this day. Well, yeah, because he was set up. Oh my gosh. But then you think, again, we go back to like trauma, nurture versus nature. Like, I have a feeling that he saw some crazy shit growing up. And like, movies were like his... Um, escape escape because yeah. he's so like you'll see obviously and again if you've seen don't fuck with cats on netflix that is based on this case yeah so he was born in scarborough uh, which is a community on the eastern outskirts of toronto and he was the eldest of three children and his parents split while he was still pretty young so he, eventually he went and he actually lived with his grandmother phyllis that's always the way too. Yeah, and there's name their name's always Phyllis for some reason. <laughs> um, but at some point his grandmother and his grandfather also got a divorce. So he was just surrounded oh. by probably things that Well, that's No, no. But again, I mean we go and it's like, okay, was this person born evil? Was this person created to be evil? Was this person made evil? Nah. Anyway, this motherfucker's evil. So regardless of how he got there, he got there. So um and, he was and very good looking also like striking look. he he grew into himself because he wasn't yeah. always good looking if you look at pictures he was he was also like homeschooled which nothing against kids that are homeschooled but their social no it's just not yeah. your social interactions are you're by yourself probably a lot of the time i think homeschooling to be fair has come a long way now. oh yeah for like sure. there's like actually homeschools group up together hey now. i'm a homeschool teacher don't you know oh yeah you were yeah couple the months first part of the pandemic and put that on my resume in one blog post that he wrote he actually wrote that 
he was told that the world was a really dangerous and dirty place and that's why he was homeschooled. So that's probably going to fuck with a kid too if you tell them all that stuff and kind of psych them out to go into the real world. But he did actually attend like regular school eventually. So in 1998 is when he went into high school. So in 2002, uh, it was said that Luca, who was actually still new, his last name was Newman, so he's Eric Newman. Oh, Eric. Oh, hit a soft spot for you, I see. <laughs> Anyway, a nightclub in Toronto said that he actually started stripping in there. It's called Remington's. So as well as stripping, he actually was also in a couple of porn movies. Oh, I didn't even know that. Actually. Yeah. He continued to be in low-level porn films. And he was also in Fab Magazine, which is a gay bi-weekly magazine in Toronto on the fab boy page as Jimmy. So there, apparently, he described himself as a 22-year-old soccer fan who was born in Russia, who was living in Toronto. This guy just really likes to fabricate everything, (laughs) yeah. So he actually also had, um, he said on this little article, that he actually had hopes of becoming a homicide officer, a homicide police officer. So weird. Damn. 2006, actually, he met... A transgendered woman named Barbie, and they began dating. And he said that he wanted to be famous. Apparently, to Barbie, told Barbie did a bunch of interviews after. Obviously, you know how they all come out the woodworks, <laughs> right? Barbie got her money. Oh, Barbie got her money. I'm sure. So she said though, like he would always beg her to take pictures of him, and he was very full of himself. So that actually would happen with that is once he broke up with Barbie, that's when he decided to change his name. And like you guys. We told you guys already because I wasn't aware that Luca Magnata wasn't his name. It was also kind of suspicious, but yeah. So he changed his name to Luca Rocco Magnata, and that was in 2006. So there's also videos if you see of Luca in around 2007. There's like this news footage of this reporter going and um, interviewing this man who is trying to make a public plea that he is not does not have anything to do with the infamous Carla Homolka and he's trying to clear his name from having anything to do with this. Okay. Just like a random video on the news. Well, yeah, the rumors were likely started by himself because he is an attention whore and wanted everybody to to like look at him and and think, you know, oh my god. Yeah, he needed this? to drop in to infamy somehow, right? Attention seeking behavior. Once yeah, he, again. he did a bunch of reality show auditions and I mean, whatever. He he was a good looking man. Like he he became he grew into himself, but he was just a fucking weirdo, so obviously, you know I don't know. Weirdo. He also had a lot of like online personas. So he it's easy in today's day and age to make fake accounts and have be catfished and all that stuff. But he literally, like, went out of his way to make it seem like all these people, like, fan pages. And and they oh. would talk back and forth to each other. Like, he had over 70 personas on different yeah. pages. <laughs> yeah, and in October of 2009, he actually also started traveling. But he had this, like, old travel companion who was, like, the 70-year-old man. So they traveled together. They went to Russia and Italy, France. And he used a fake name with this guy as well. So he said that they re- they met at the Pickle Barrel, which is like a... Gay bar? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's a gay bar, but it's just a restaurant. Oh. Yeah. So, but everyone that knew him said that the way he walked was like he was constantly... I knew a guy like this. He oh. constantly walked like a model. Like, 
really like good. Zoolander. Yeah. In 2010, some of his because again, obviously, we've covered that he's quite a poster. He really likes social media. He really likes posts. He really likes to be all up in your face with what he's doing and kind of obviously probably fabricating all these different things, concocting these stories and traveling. And he's here and he's there and he's, you know, all over the place. It's easy to make yourself look like you're living like this lavish life on the internet, right? Well, and with social media, the likes are instant gratification for someone like that. I mean, I think when we all post stuff, you definitely notice how many likes you get. But if you're fabricating crazy stuff and making yourself look way more famous than you are. In order to rich, get likes, yeah. right? Well, that's the thing. So I guess that this hadn't been working for him because he wasn't getting the attention that he wanted to be getting. So again, the rumors started surfacing. <laughs> we don't know who started the rumors. That he had been dating Carla Homolka. Again, they came up. Jeez. And then on his social media, his postings actually started to get a lot darker. And he noticed, I guess, that he was getting more attention attention with this dark material. So he posted like some video about, it's called Three Guys, One Hammer. You can use your imagination of what that's portraying. It's not a movie that he made, but it's a movie that he shared. And then he saw kind of the attention that that got, which is like, whoa, what the fuck? So the violence, yeah. not a sexual hammer. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So use your other imagination, um, your gory imagination, not your sexual imagination. Sorry. But another video that came out, and I actually remember this. So this was in 2010, and there was videos of these kittens being killed in all these different ways. Like um, it was one with a vacuum, and I remember people just like talking about how fucked up it was. I remember too, and. One was with a snake. Yeah, like a python yeah. got him and then he's drowning them in one. And it's just it's just fucked up. Like to do that to anything, let alone a living animal, is fucked up. Obviously, it's not as fucked up as he would go. But, but... I mean, just, just the fact that we were living in Vancouver mm -hmm. and we were hearing about this. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's how much infamy those videos caused for him. Well, because also I think that because they were... The material was so... He's just a mysterious, creepy guy. And he, he makes a like an appearance in all the videos, right? And you can clearly tell it's the same guy doing it all, in all of the videos. Yeah, but he does, like... The way he does it is very creepy. Like, he's kind of, like... That's what I mean. Skulking around, and he's got hoods over his head. And, like, you can't really see, like, a full face shot in those videos. Yeah, and clearly... I mean, there's people that feel... Nobody likes to see an animal abused. Nobody likes to see an animal being killed. And obviously, we know that that is a sure telltale sign of somebody that is a psychopath. Yeah, psychopathy so, for sure. Exactly. So what happened is if you guys watch the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix, you guys can kind of get the background story of this part of it. So that kind of got onto some people's radar and they were in, you know, groups that advocated for animals, animal rights, animal... I mean, animal activists, right? And then they started a group. Yeah, because they the saw these video videos. Yeah, and so if you watch that documentary, it gives that that side of it where they actually tracked Luca down. So they, because of they were so pissed off about him killing these cats, they took it upon themselves to find out who he was and where he was That's and try crazy. to stop him. Like that part of the video when you watch, don't fuck with cats. Like the way they did it through looking through the windows and the videos and freeze framing and seeing like okay 
that looks like this street and that looks like this gas station and that's how they found him. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Look, using very, pictures very, and yeah. walking around Toronto. It's it's very well and they even like they used his vacuum cleaner that he used, yeah. the model of it, where it was sold. Just exactly things. If if I ever go missing, please hire those people yeah. to find me. The or if I'm ever murdered or Yes. So the online hunt, obviously, they, they, they know, they know he's going to escalate. So the escalate, escalate, Cadillac escalate. escalate. They know that he's going to escalate. So they want to stop him before he kills a person. And they literally say that in, in the documentary. And they actually called the police and said, this guy's going to kill a person. Yep. So after, because all of this was getting so much buzz on the internet, in like early December of 2011, another video appeared and that was the drowning video of the bathtub. So pretty much they were thinking he's saying like, hey, motherfuckers, it's me. I'm doing it again. Ha ha. Jokes on you. Try to catch me. Kind of, you know. Yeah. So the sun in London, because again, this is getting global attention. So it's getting exactly what he wants. Yeah. So in the UK, they published a story about the kitten killer. And funny enough, Magnata turns up at their office somehow to deny that he killed the kitten. <laughs> so, I mean, just interjecting yourself into anything is a red flag. Interjecting yourself into something when you're not even questioned or asked about it, that's, an, that's a whole other well, suspicion. Well, and how would you even know there was a British story about the kitten killer unless you were following absolutely everything? I mean, I'm sure he was just Google, Googling kitten killer, kitten video, kitten whatever, to see what people were saying about it. Yeah, and so a couple days after he showed up at the station, they got some mysterious email saying that pretty much he is going to do it again and it's going to be escalated. And it's going to be, like, it says pretty much, next time you hear from me, it will be in a movie I'm producing that will have some humans in it, not just pussies, is what he said. Oh, my God. (laughs) So in early 2012, investigators with the AB Project receive a tip, and it says that Magnata... Because now they know it's him, right? So they say that McNaughton might have moved to Montreal. So they obviously start, you know, trying to let somebody know that on, like, McNaughton's online activity, it kind of, like, is accelerating. And his blog, blog posts are getting grosser. And he talks about necrophilia and sedatives, which is why I That makes you know, sense now. It's all coming together. So May... Like we talked about in the beginning of the episode, May 15th, some promos started to come out for this video. Like, oh my God. And you could see the dialogue under the promos. Like, has anyone heard of this video coming out? Oh my God, no. I would love to see that. Oh my God, I wonder what it's going to be. Where you could see dialogue with different different people. people that were all really Luca. Yeah. So obviously he's trying to create buzz. Yeah. Create that buzz for himself. So... Again, on May 25th, that's when the video was posted on the web. And again, the things in there and watching Junlin, you you don't think that's real because it's so fucked up. But it was real. And someone lost their life. And it was really fucked up. I don't even know and what it else. Was to... Ju- it was Junlin. It was Junlin, yeah. Justin. Justin. He's dead. It's really sad. It is really sad. And especially... And by all accounts, he was such a gentle person. Yeah. So now because Luca was at the center of a global manhunt because they know who he was, he's sending fucking body parts to the prime minister, which I really is just... And writing like the weirdest obscure notes about 
his wife will know why this is happening and like just random like when they go to connect everything and the places he sent things and the things he said and done none of it even makes any sense well that's the thing because do they ever make sense but it probably makes a lot of sense to him well he must have done it for a reason exactly and that's why i say too because if you watch that don't fuck with cats they really kind of hit home that everything he does because now he's on the run right yeah and they noticed that a lot of different things that he liked were movies his mom when they interviewed his mom they said you know oh my god he really loved movies he he, pretty much he like i said i think to get away from his traumas in life yeah he's a movie buff engulfed himself in movies yeah so by this time, Luca had actually been dubbed the Butcher of Montreal, which is fitting enough because, I mean, that's well, exactly yeah. what he did, right? So the French media actually is the one that gave him that name, and he may have been spotted in a cafe in Paris, so an eyewitness uh, called police. The one good thing about this case is that everyone really clued in so quickly, like, even between British Columbia montreal the stuff he had done in toronto that group and then now we're going all the way to europe and interpol's posted about him and wants him already like what date are we on we're only in june now like that was very quick well i mean because it was so there was so much info on him he actually i guess because he yeah, he created all this info (laughs) right he created this buzz about himself and his crimes because luckily he only did this to one person. Yes, there was the kittens and all of, you know, it's horrible and horrific and so sad for June Lin and for the everyone else that lost their lives in this. But he could have... Es- well, if things weren't linked that quickly, exactly. No, exactly. But at the same time, I also feel like he almost just... He just wanted to be famous. It didn't matter what he was famous for. And he just realized along the way that infamy is actually better than fame for some reason to him you know yeah got more out of it he got more attention well he was actually giving himself attention in a internet cafe in berlin and that's when he was spotted because he couldn't help but look up stuff about himself isn't that crazy yeah so on june 4th he was arrested in an internet cafe in berlin and again he was reading stories about himself so internet yeah so he was extradited back to canada so june 5th is actually that's when when at those two elementary schools in vancouver when they found the foot and stuff like that so he had actually been caught already apprehended yeah Yeah. so also what had happened in been happening in la and la county area is there was some like a murder that happened that was really similar kind of in in ways so the la homicide actually ruled him out as a suspect because they obviously found someone else that was responsible for it okay so on the 18th of june he arrived home to face canadian justice you know how that canadian justice is so he's probably penalties oh yes but eating a burger right now but the thing is the authorities actually clued in just based on obviously i'm sure they had some psych stuff done and all that but to clue in that this guy wants fame and that's why he's trying to do it. That's kind of the only reason that he's... Because, again, he would try stripping, porn, um, you know, just, like, putting videos of himself nicely. And then it's like he sees that that reaction of the dark 
that that gets more of a reaction to people. So, yeah, but I remember where I was going with that. <laughs> well, that was a good point. But yeah, so, so he arrived in, um, oh, yeah, that's why. Because what the what the government did was they actually made it so that no one knew when he was coming back. Like, it was very oh, they secretive. Didn't, they didn't want him to get the fame that he Yeah, craved. they didn't want him to get the pictures pri- and he, the paparazzi. they flew home also on a private jet. Yeah. Because he was a fucking creepy killer that couldn't just be, even though he had flown to France and... And when you see him, he's like the smallest little pussy-ass bitch-looking motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. He's like skinny and like he looks like, he looks malnourished and like he's just like... Very dodgy. Yeah, super dodgy, but I mean, yeah, okay. I could probably take him with a finger. Literally. I literally, like, but again, that's why for sure... I feel like there was sedatives used, you know? That doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah, again, he was uh, in, like, a secretive extradition operation to limit media attention brought back to Canada. And he pled not guilty to, it was first-degree murder, committing an indignity to a human body, posting obscene material, and criminally harassing the Prime Minister and other members of Parliament. I wonder how many people have been charged with that. Uh, probably not many. No, actually. that's what I mean, right? Because it's like Canada. Like... Well, and like, who even cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's the way we are. I mean, the the president of the United States. There's so many people that want to threaten the president of the United States, but here it's like half my life I didn't even know who our prime minister was at the time. You know, where you're like, oh. Jumping into the trial. Magnata elected to be tried by judge and a jury. He wanted oh, of to course, try himself because that's that. more attention. Yep. And after a 12-week trial, which included 10 weeks of hearing testimony and, you know, the two weeks of, obviously, I don't know, something else, uh, the jury of eight women and four men received final instructions from the trial judge on December 15th, 2014. So he was brought pretty swiftly into court because sometimes it can take a lot longer than that. Really swift, swiftly, actually. And he pled not guilty. He admitted to the crimes that had been committed. Yeah. However, he um, was pleading that he had a mental defect at the time. Which he does, for sure. So on their eighth day of deliberation, they returned a verdict of guilty on all charges. Surprise, surprise. When you fucking film yourself killing somebody and then you put it on the internet and then run away from it, it's probably... And then mail all the body parts around? Like... You're probably going to get found guilty. And disturb the Prime Minister? Yeah! Magnata will serve a mandatory life sentence and will be eligible for parole after 25 years. He was also sentenced to 19 years for some of the other charges that he committed and was found guilty of. And he is going to be serving those concurrently. Good. For his mental... Evaluation. Mental eval. Yes. So, basically everybody found that he had borderline personality disorder... Um, most of them found with histrionic trait and he's like the definition of histrionic really yes exactly so is a paranoid schizophrenic so he suffers from paranoid schizophrenia and paraphilia i don't know what paraphilia is wasn't he just he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic when he was a teen yeah but he didn't really show any of the traits of that as an adult so the crown was arguing that that wasn't applicable yeah well, I mean, Dr. Rene Roy, who is the forensic psychiatrist who treated Magnata at Riviere de Prairie Detention Center since November 2012, oh, through his preliminary hearing and right up to the murder trial, diagnosed him with borderline personality with histrionic features. Yeah. So he has, basically they said, you know, he's antisocial, he's histrionic, he's narcissistic, he pretty much 
narcissistic personality disorder is like you are only focusing on you and that is very clear from every part of the story that he was a narcissist well and actually the prosecution accused him of pretending to be schizophrenic since his defense pleaded diminished responsibility due to alleged schizophrenia so pretty much he was trying to play it up at trial and everything up yeah and he did not testify at his own trial so thank god for him because oh my gosh he probably they probably had to stop him so the definition of paraphilia is any emotional disorder characterized by sexually arousing fantasies, urges, or behaviors that are recurrent, intense, occur over a period of at least six months and cause significant distress or interfere with the sufferer's work, social function, or other important areas of functioning. So you basically you're hyper-focused on sexually arousing fantasies. I feel like he wasn't. Like, I feel like he did that for attention. Like, I don't, I don't know, but obviously that, you I know, mean, you can sit here all day and say why or whatever, but eh, he just fucked up and he really liked attention. He really did, yeah. Luca is currently serving his sentence at Pont Cantier in Quebec. We ran in a little while ago. We heard that he was, I think it was like two years ago, maybe? We heard that he oh, his was dating thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was on an inmate dating profile uh, from the jail. So I know I checked that out and looked it up, and it was he was on there saying that he was not gay. In fact, and oh. he was looking for a nice woman to settle down with, and okay. all this stuff. And some crazy bitches probably wrote to him. Because... Well, that's the thing. You you like there's always yeah. the crazy bitches, and they're always I don't understand. There must be some kind of weird. There's something going on. I don't know. But that's not... No. Every single serial killer in jail pretty much... Has fans. Fan, yeah, ma- fan, fan club. And they always get married. And then I those know. women are like, oh, you would never do that. It's like, Can bitch, if he wasn't in here, he'd be doing it to you. Imagine He'd going... be screwing dudes. He wouldn't even be screwing you anyway. He wouldn't even be married to you. Can you imagine going to a conjugal visit with someone... Who that's, could just kill you? Yeah, like that's a multiple. Especially killer. like, oh my god, there's like some of the Ted ones Bundy or something. Like a Gary Ridgeway. Yeah. Who literally, like, if they're doing a conjugal visit, it's like you go from the back, you could just literally strangle that person just to death. Like, why would you even want to marry a like a psychopath? I don't know. Maybe it's exciting. Yes. Yeah, so <sighs> June Lin's family, it's actually really sad. He they came from China, obviously, for the whole thing, the whole trial, the whole everything, and they they honored him in a tearful tearful memorial. And they actually did like a scholarship as like a for Concordia University and all this stuff. And June Lin was actually laid to rest in Notre Dame Dignes Cemetery. Yes, that was episode fifteen, the story of the murder of June Lin by Luca Magnata, the crazy attention seeking was basically the theme of this. Yeah, episode. If I thought I've seen attention seeking behavior before, this takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, it definitely does. So we will be back in two more days. No, just kidding. <laughs> we'll like, be whoa. back in two more weeks again, where it will be my turn to choose a story. This week was Danica's, and she did a great job researching and thank you, checking thank it all you. out. I know she really wanted to do the story of June Lin to bring attention to his demise yeah it's just it was such it's such a sad story they're all sad and i will say that to put like a thing that just disclaimer. A, loop, a disclaimer yeah. they're all really sad every single case we cover is sad and the fact that 
you know, we can cover that they were brought to justice. And I, I like, really, that doesn't bring anybody back. And it doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the hurt. But knowing that Jun Lin's family is honoring him and, you know, he came here, he tried to leave his country and come to a better life and for himself. And, you know, the fact that it was snatched away by someone for such a, they're always selfish, but such a selfish this was literally like the most probably selfish because it was just for infamy. Just for likes, man. It was just for likes. And like we live in a world where a lot of things people do are just for likes, yeah. but this was fucked up. So, yes. So please join us again in two more weeks where we will talk. <laughs> Is that we ending now? <laughs> it's over. Okay. We'll come back in two more weeks when <laughs> I talk murder with my mother. Bye, guys. Bye.